It's good to see everyone here today and trust that the Lord would continue to bless us in the furtherance of the service this morning. Um, the last week and a half or so, my mind's been on the subject of the resurrection and it still continues to be and I trust that uh, that which is on my mind to be of the Lord and he'd bless us a little while uh, this morning to look at some particulars concerning the resurrection of the dead. In Acts chapter 23, when Paul was before the council, <clears throat> when Paul was speaking before the council and he uh, saw the high priest, And he was giving a defense. He he said, uh, verse 6, it says, But when Paul perceived that the one part were Sadducees and the other Pharisees, he cried out in the council, Men and brethren, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee. Of the hope and resurrection of the dead, I am called in question. And when he had so said, there arose a dissension between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the multitude was divided. For the fat, for the Sadducees say there is no resurrection, neither angel nor spirit, but the Pharisees confess both. Excuse me. So we see here that the Sadducees didn't believe in a resurrection. Y'all all heard that why they were so sad. They so Sadducee because they didn't believe in a resurrection. That's kind of acute, but it kind of helps you remember also. The Sadducees didn't believe in a resurrection. The Pharisees did. So there's, uh, it, it amazes me the number, when we study history even, or we look around us today, the number of people who don't believe in the resurrection of the dead. And the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead. And... Uh, you know, that's not a very comforting thought, is it? I mean, who would want to believe there's no resurrection of the dead? I mean, but that's, it's been a problem a long time. And of the different people have had and have denied the resurrection of the body. That's what we're talking about this morning. <clears throat> we find that even in the early church, we find that Paul in um, <clears throat> Second Timothy, I believe, where there were some in those in those days, uh, second I think sometimes I get first and second Timothy kind of confused. It's uh, it's in Second Timothy chapter two after he tells them in verse fifteen to study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth. He says, but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness, and their word will eat as doth a canker, of whom is. Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. Here someone has a different view of the resurrection. It's it's past already, and I guess the, the folks missed it somehow. I don't know how they came up with that idea. But here's some that uh, believe the resurrection's past already. The Sadducees didn't believe in a resurrection. And we look in 1 Corinthians 15 that God spent, had Paul spend, uh, a good section of the letter to the 1 Corinthians dealing with the false idea and the error that there's no resurrection of the dead. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, of course he starts out that there's a, that he preached the gospel unto them which involved the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. How that Christ rose from our, rose from the dead. He died according to the scriptures. He, he was buried. He rose from the dead according to the scriptures. And then he goes through a long list of all the people that saw him after he rose from the dead. You know, all these witnesses, right? And he, he talks about that he was seen of, of verse five talks about him. He was seen, seen of Cephas. Then he was seen of the twelve. Then he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once. And then he was seen by James and all the apostles. And lastly of all, he was seen of me as one born out of due time. All these witnesses of the fact that Christ rose from the dead. 
Jesus rose from the dead. And they were witnesses to those very things. If we were to look in Acts chapter 10, um, when Paul, I mean, when Peter is talking to Cornelius in his house, he says, he's telling about the, how that, uh, about the Lord and how verse 38 says, and how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost. And with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. And we are witnesses of all these things which he both did. And and then whom the Jew, which he did. We are witnesses of these things which he did in the land of the Jews. I'm reading in verse 39, 1039. And we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. Whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Okay, they crucified him says, him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. See, they ate and drank with him. He actually rose from the dead. All right. His body came out. And you remember, they thought that he had seen, you know, he, he startled them. In Luke 24, about verse 38 and 39, they were terrified. So they thought they saw a spirit or something. He said, handle me and see. A spirit hath not flesh and bone as ye see me hath. You see. And he ate in their presence. That's what he's talking about. He appeared uh, and proved his, re- his resurrection that he came out of the ground, he came, he was resurrected from the dead, and he was seen by many witnesses. And then, and that's what Paul is, is presenting there in 1 Corinthians 15, how he's seen of all these witnesses. He died, he was buried, he rose again, and was seen of all these witnesses that he rose from the dead. And so, and then he asked the question in verse 12. Now if, he be now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? Alright? There were some in those days there at the church of Corinth that were teaching that there's no resurrection of the dead. Again, I don't understand. That's not a very comforting thing. I'd even want to believe, right? But people believe it and it's not even the truth. There are people in this world have a hard time understanding how that the body can come out of the ground and go to heaven. You know, we're made up of, we're like a three in one. If we look over in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23, it says, The very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right? So we're made up of a spirit, a soul, and a body. I think at some point, I believe, not long ago, I tried to preach on the subject of death. And I don't know if y'all remember that or not. Do you remember from one Sunday to the next what the preacher preaches on? We should. I remember my father in the ministry, he, uh, he'd been preaching, pastoring the church about a year, and he was a young man, and he came to one of the deacons and said, you know, I'm, I'm having to reshuffle and, and re-preach stuff, you know, and I, I, I feel bad, you know, the people, you know, think I'm shallow and I don't have anything, you know, more to, to preach. I've done preached everything out that I know. And the deacon brother says, well, brother Dickie, don't worry about it. People can't remember from one week to another what you preached on anyway. I don't want to stomp on you too bad about that. There's times that I can't remember either. I say that to my shame. What did I preach on last Sunday? I don't know. What did I preach on last Sunday? But we should. We should take and meditate on those things. Anyway, I didn't mean to go off on all that. But we preached on the subject of death not long ago. And we saw that natural corporal death was when the spirit and soul departs from the body. 
in uh, in in Genesis when uh, Rebecca died, giving Benjamin birth. She died in birth, and it says, "And as her soul was in departing, before she died, she named named her son." All right, her soul departed as dead. When Elijah prayed for that little widow woman's son to be revived, he said, "Lord, let this." Child's soul come into him again. Go over there and read in 1 Kings 17. And it says, and the soul of the child came into him again and he revived. Same thing with the spirit. All right. The spirit and soul, which is the real you in, in, in the conscious you with your personality that loves, feels, cries, you know, rejoices. We do that in our spirit and our soul and we're doing it in, I'm doing it inside my body right now. But when my spirit and soul depart from my body, that's when my body's dead. James 2.26, the body without the spirit is dead. All right. When the spirit and soul depart from the body, that's death. So, so this is important to understand that the spirit and soul and body, that's what we're made of. of. And what I want to just briefly mention, there's people who have difficulty in their mind believing that the body is going to be raised and enter heaven's pure world. And they have some scriptures that they use. One's found here in 1 Corinthians 15, where it says here in verse 50, he says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. That says flesh and blood is not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Okay? So they look at that scripture and say, well, it says right there, these flesh and bone bodies, these earthly tabernacles aren't going to inherit the kingdom of heaven uh, because corruption doesn't inherit incorruption. All right? Well, that's certainly true. But in the context here, if we keep reading, we're going to find where he says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We're going to be changed. And the incorruptible, like the brother said in his prayer this morning, this this corruptible is going to put on incorruption. This mortal is going to put on immortality. See, there's going to be a change. So the clear teaching here is without this change, yeah, your body's not going to go to heaven. It's not going to enter into that kingdom at all. Can't do it without a change. But there's going to be a change because that corruptible body is going to put on incorruption. The same thing that's corruptible is going to be put or going to put on incorruption. The mortal is going to put on immortality. Okay. But when we think about. When we think about the body, when God first made man, we find that in Genesis chapter two, right? Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. All right? Now, we just said, we just went over the fact that we're made up of a spirit, a soul, and that's where, that's a spirit, soul, and a body. All right. Where did God make, um, from what did God make the son? Made it out of nothing. What did he, from what did he make the, uh, the seas? Nothing. The light. He said, let there be light, and there was light. The spirit and the soul. What about the spirit, soul, and the body? There's a little difference here because God made man out of something. He made man. The spirit and soul, he made, came from himself. He just made it like he made all these other things. Okay? But it specifically tells us, and it doesn't give us great details how he makes the spirit and soul, but I will guarantee you that he he creates the spirit and the soul of man. 
There's none of this. And, and I don't want to get off on, on errors that's cropped up. A lot of people believe in eternal children. That we have, it, it, that our spirit and souls uh, are eternal. Well, that's crazy because God's only one eternal. He created all things. But that's another another subject. But there's people who believe in eternal children that your spirit and soul are eternal with God and they're just waiting for bodies. You know, the Mormons kind of believe that. That's why they have so many children. Okay? Because they're waiting for these spirit children to inhabit these earthly bodies. But I don't want to get up on that. But I want us to think about that man, that God made man of the dirt or the dust. Right? So your body, you're, you're actually made up of dirt. You're a bunch of dirt. Does that, does that help your self-esteem? I'm but dust. These, these bodies are, come from the dust of the earth. Now the spirit and soul, God just made them from himself. But he made the body from the earth. From dust. So there are people who say, well, you know, the spirit and soul is all good, but the, your body's just dirt. And it's not going to ever go back. It's just dirt. It's not going to be taken to heaven. It was just made of dirt. You see the idea? They lessen the body, lessen the body, because it's made of something that was already created. And they think in their mind it's of the earth earthy, and it's not fit to inhabit eternity with God. Because your body ultimately comes something that was from already here. It's less than the spirit and soul. It's just of the earth earthy. And you know what's going to happen to earth, right? Second Peter chapter 2, verse 10 says, The day of the Lord come as a thief in the night, and the heavens being on fire shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. This, The earth is going to burn up. And your body's made of the earth. It's not fit. It's just going to burn up. It's not fit to go to heaven. Well, in its natural state, it's not. But you kind of see the idea. People think, well, something, and, and I guess they can't figure out when God made the earth in the beginning and everything he made after six days of creation, all was good, was it not? Nothing was inferior. It was the perfect creation of God. Now there's a curse on the earth through sin. There's a curse on man through sin. But the Lord all fixed that up. He fixed, He already fixed that up, you see. But anyway. <clears throat> so there are people who don't think that the body, because it's of the earth earthy, this earthen vessel is fit for heaven. So it just stays behind. And there's all kinds of ideas that people have. I don't have time to go through all those ideas because I don't have time, but, and I probably don't know all the ideas. All right. So, I mean, I'm not trying to say I do. But people in their mind, they'll say, well, you know, it talks about the resurrection of something. And there's people who deny the resurrection who believe that, you know, the natural body, and I, I hear this quite often, actually. In the resurrection, I'm going to get this new body. All right, well, they're saying new as in a different body. The body we have in the resurrection is not a different material substance than what went in. The same substance that goes in, that earthen vessel, is the same earthen vessel that comes out. But it goes incorruptible, it comes out incorruptible. Okay? And we could deal with some issues like that, because I've been told before, and people I've discussed this with, that, well, you know, that spiritual body goes in a natural body, that's the earthen vessel, but it comes out a spiritual body, the Bible talks about a spiritual body. But in their mind, a spiritual body is like a different body made up of heavenly substance. It's not the same substance. 
And folks that teach that don't believe in a resurrection of the dead. They believe in exchange of the dead. Right? That natural body is exchanged for something completely different. Made up of some kind of heavenly substance. And that's the body that we have. In other words, we're going to be in a different body. Which really gets into the, the basis for reincarnation. That's right. Oh, the spirit and soul, you're going to inhabit, you, you, you just got a different, you're a different kind of being. I've been told before that humanity only resides on planet Earth. Think about that for a minute. Do you realize if human, if our humanity only resided on planet Earth, the consequences are that none of the human beings for which Christ died would ever go to heaven. Because he died for human beings. And human beings are made up of spirit, a natural spirit, a natural soul, and a natural body. And I affirm to you that that natural body, that earthen vessel, is going to come out of the grave. And I'm going to, I'm going to pass on from this, but give you one verse. That people who don't believe in the resurrection of those bodies that go in, those earthen vessels that come out, one verse that they do not like is Romans chapter 8 verse 11. Because that verse says, if the spirit of him that raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you, then that same spirit's going to uh, quicken your mortal body. Your mortal body should be quickened by that same spirit. Your mortal body. Now, if that mortal body that dies and goes in is not that which is resurrected from the dead, why would God give it life? He's That text says that he is going to quicken the mortal body. Now, it doesn't come out mortal. comes out immortal. But... The point is that that which is quickened is that mortal body that died. Okay? Alright. Well, what I really want to talk about today is the implications of this idea of a non-resurrection when it comes to our blessed Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. Because I affirm to you today the Bible truth that Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus Christ came out of the dead. The same Jesus that went into the grave is the same Jesus that came out. And we find that there is the God-man, Jesus Christ, if you'll let me say that. Where is He today? He's in heaven. Jesus, in, I'll affirm to you today, that Jesus Christ took into Himself a permanent union of flesh and blood in a human nature. Alright? We go to Hebrews chapter 2. We can read all about it. For It says in verse 14, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, He also Himself likewise took part of the same. He took upon Himself the form of a servant. Alright? He, he was of the seed of David. It says in Romans chapter 1 verse 3 that He was of the seed of David according to the flesh. Galatians 4 4 says, In the fullness of time, God sent forth His Son, eternal Son of God. But he was made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law. Jesus took upon himself, uh, he became flesh and blood. He had a real human body. Okay? He's all God, but he's man. The man, Christ Jesus. And the man, Christ Jesus is in heaven right now. He has a natural body, a human body, human spirit, human soul, but he's God. All right? And John saw him over there in John chapter 1, I mean, Revelation chapter 1. He was in the spirit on the Lord's day, verse 10. He heard a voice speaking behind him, saying, I'm Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. What thou seest, write in a book and send to the seven churches of Asia. And it says, being turned, he fell on his face. He saw one like unto the Son of Man. And it describes the Son of Man. The glorified Son of God. God in his body, by the way. And he says, rise. He says, be not afraid, but rise and stand upon thy feet. In Revelation chapter 1, he said, he said this. 
John says, I fell at his feet when I saw, verse 17, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead and he laid his right hand upon me saying unto me, fear not, I am the first and I am the last. You know where that came out of? That came right out of Isaiah chapter 42 verse 6 where it says Jehovah God, Jehovah God, capital L-O-R-D, which has to do with Jehovah God. And you see that in the Old Testament, all caps Lord. That's translated from Yahweh, the Jehovah God. And Jehovah God says, I am the first and I am the last. Do you know what Jesus right here is saying? I'm Jehovah God. You remember God, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. This is Jehovah God. This one standing before John, who fell at his feet is dead. This is, he says, I am the first and I am the last. I am Jehovah God. But he also says, I am he that liveth and was dead. Whoa, what do you mean? Dead? But I'm alive again. This is, this is the man, God man, Jesus Christ, who is both Jehovah and man. Okay? And he's in heaven today. And 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 5 says there's one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. It's very important that we understand that our mediator is the man, Christ Jesus. There's a man in heaven today. And there's only a man in heaven today because there's such, such that's called the resurrection of the dead. And that dead Man named Jesus rose from the dead and he ascended back to glory to the right hand of the father. This is a man did this. Okay. If there's no man in heaven today, Jesus, the man, we have no mediator in heaven today. We have none to make intercession for us today because that's what the mediator does. But we have a man Christ Jesus, the man, the God-man, is in heaven today. The man Christ Jesus. We look here in Hebrews chapter 10 about the man Christ Jesus. It says in verse 11, it says, And every priest standeth and ministry, ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sin. But this man, this what? This Man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the, on the right hand of God. Who was it that sat down on the right hand of God? It was this man. M-A-N, man. There's one mediator between God and men. It's the man, Christ Jesus. After he had made one sacrifice for sins forever, this man sat down at the right hand of God. He is he is the man, Christ Jesus. Okay? He is in his... You say, why are you bring all this up? Well, because there's people who don't believe in the resurrection of the dead say, well, you know what? I wouldn't disagree with you. There's only one mediator between God and men. It's the man, Christ Jesus. It just happens to be that this man, Christ Jesus, that's in heaven, he doesn't have his body. But he's still the man. That's right. He's still the man. He just doesn't have his natural body because it's of the earth earthy. Even though he didn't have corruption. There's people so ingrained. They, they don't understand that God. I'll just. Okay. Clearly, Jesus Christ, the man, came out of the grave. Remember that we referred you to in Luke chapter 24? They thought they'd seen a spirit. He said, flesh and blood hath not, uh, you know, spirit hath not flesh and blood as you see me have. Talking to a man one time said, yeah, he came out. <clears throat> he was a flesh and bone man when he came out. But somewhere when he, you know, in Acts chapter 1, talks about a cloud receiving him out of his sight. <clears throat> Somehow he, he, his, he, he dropped his flesh. He dropped his body and doesn't have his body now. Strange things people can teach. I asked him, I said, well, where is the body of Christ now? He says, we don't know and it doesn't matter. No, it does matter. Because I'm going to submit to you today, according to the word of God, that if the body of Christ is not in heaven, then the man, Jesus Christ, 
is not in heaven. Because the material part of a man is the body. Now, I just told you that a man was made up of a spirit, soul, and body, right? We read it over there, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. There's a, I pray God your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless. So we're a three in one. Do you realize the material part of a man is the body? It's the body. That's what we want to look at. Is that true according to the scriptures? Let's see if it is. Let's see if it is. Um, let's see where I want to start. Do you know what you call, and when I say over there in 1 Thessalonians 5.23 that that describes the parts of a man, there's a spirit, soul, and body. That really describes the parts of a living man. That's just a living man. Do you know what the parts of a dead man are? Just one. That's right. After the spirit of man and the soul of man depart from the body... All you're left with is the body. And that body is referred to as the man. All right? Let's see if that's so. See, there's some people that might think that when the spirit and soul depart from the body, you don't have a man anymore. Does the man disappear? When you die, does the man disappear? When the spirit and soul of man departs from the body, does the man still exist? He certainly does, because the Bible talks about a dead man. The dead man is equated with that part that is the body. Turn with me to uh, Luke. Let's go to the book of Luke. The Bible talks about living men. It talks about dead men. Living men have a spirit and soul with their body. A dead man just has his body. If we turn to Luke chapter, I can't remember, if it's, I think it's 7. In Luke chapter 7, we find that Jesus, in verse 11, he comes to the city of Nain. And it came to pass in the day after that he went into the city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him, and much people. Okay? Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. What did he come across there? Was it a living man? No. He was a dead man. Did he come across them carrying out his soul or spirit? No, because he was dead. His soul and spirit had already departed his body. What was it that he saw? Someone says, well, he saw the body. That's right. You know how that's described? That's the dead man. All right. It's synonymous with the dead man because you cannot have a man without the body. A dead man. Dead men get buried. Go look in uh, Isaiah 26 verse 19. It says, Thy dead men shall live. Together with my dead body shall they arise. Well, let me turn over and read the rest of that. He says, Thy dead men shall live. Together with my dead body shall they arise. He says, Awake and sing, ye that what? Dwell in dust. For the dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. The dead what? The dead men. The dead bodies. The dead bodies are the dead men. Those are the dead men is the body. The essential part of a man is the body. Alright, let's turn with me to Job chapter 14. The book of Job. And if you're not familiar with the Bible, you might think that's a job. But it's Job. That's a man's name. Job chapter 14. Verse 10 says, 
But man dieth. Man, who are we talking about man? Man dieth and wasteth away. Yea, man giveth up the ghost. What do we say is death? When that ghost, that spirit, you know, the, the, the soul is also called the ghost. You remember when Jesus in Luke chapter 23 says it is finished. He bowed his head, said, Father, in thy hands I commend my spirit. He bowed his head and gave up the ghost. His spirit and soul departed from his body at death. He's saying when the man, when the man, when, when the man giveth up the ghost, that means when he died. He says when man, man dieth, wasteth away, yea, he giveth up the ghost, and where is he? As the waters fall from the sea, and the flood decayeth and drieth up, so man lieth down and riseth not. You say, well, that sounds like he's talking about the body. He is, because that is the man. So you don't have to have the spirit and soul within a man to have a man. Go back and read what we just said in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. What did it say? And God made man of the dust of the earth, right? Was he living right then? No. But he made man of the dust of the earth and he breathed into his nostrils. You got nostrils, right? He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. That is a living person. So here's a man that has nostrils because God breathed into him. You say, well, that was his body. Exactly. The body is the man. The body is the man. You cannot have a man without the body. All right? And Jesus Christ doesn't have... He's not a man without his body. Because you can't have a man without the body. All right? All right, turn with me. All right, so now, now it's time for the... Now it's time for the, now it's time for my trick question. So you can count this a rhetorical question, so you don't answer and get embarrassed. Maybe well, y'all probably y'all probably get this right. <clears throat> David was a man after God's own heart, right? King David, right? Does anybody does anybody know where David is right now? Right now, King David, the man David who was king, a man after God's own heart. Where in the world is David now? Someone says, well, he's in heaven. Wait a minute. Is the man David in heaven? Or is the spirit and soul, the real conscious part of David in heaven? Yes. The spirit and soul of David is in heaven, no doubt. And are the spirit and souls of our loved ones that are the Lord's. When they die in spirit and soul, they're in heaven. The spirit and soul of those people. But where's the man? Where's the woman? Where is David? Turn with me to Acts chapter 2. The Bible doesn't leave us uh, guessing about this matter in Acts chapter 2. Verse 29 says, Men and brethren... Let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried. Not only is he dead, where is he at? He's buried. That's where David is right now. Both my parents have passed. Ernest Hardy, I know where he is right now. He's he, The man, Ernest, that's my natural father, he's... In a grave in Perryton, Texas. Outside of south of Perryton, Texas. My mother's right there next beside him. My mother. Patricia. Ernest and Patricia Hardy, they're, they're, I'm sorry, they're dead and they're buried. Alright? Now their spirit and souls are basking with the Lord in paradise. That's good. But you know, one of these days, that spirit and soul is going to be reunited with that body. And they're going to be body, soul, and spirit again. And Ernest Hardy, I trust is the Lord's, he's going to come out 
of the grave in the location that he's at right now. My point is, the man Ernest, the man David, they're dead and they're buried. The man, the man is. The man is the body. Thy dead men shall live. The men's going to come out. Man lieth down and riseth not till the heavens be no more. Then he'll rise. Alright? Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you the patriarch David that he's both dead and buried. I mean, that's the whole argument here. You know, he starts here, uh, Peter on the day of Pentecost, he's, he's talking to the, to the Jews about how that, uh, they have taken, it says in verse 22, they, ye have taken, he says, ye men of Israel hear these words. A man approved of God among you by miracles and signs and wonders which God did by him in the midst of you as ye yourselves also know. And he goes on and says, He being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Alright? You slew him, uh, but God, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. And then he quotes some scripture out of Psalm 16 pertaining to the Lord that David spake. And part of that is, he says, Thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither suffer thy holy one to see corruption. And sometimes that word hell talks about the grave. God did not leave him in the grave. Alright? That was, and so David, he quotes some of David. I'm not going to take time to, to read all that. But after he quotes... How that he's not going to stay in the grave. That's when he says, men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you that David, he's both dead and buried. We know his, where his sepulcher is. This was not, he's not, in other words, in Psalm 16, where he says, thou shalt not leave my soul in hell, neither suffer thy holy one to see corruption. David wasn't talking about himself. He was talking in prophecy about the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, therefore being, verse 30, therefore being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He seeing this before how that God was going to raise up Christ from the dead and enthrone him. He seeing this before spake of the resurrection of Christ when he said, what? Thou shalt not, his soul is not left. In hell, neither did his flesh see corruption. That prophecy there in Psalm 16 that, he's just, that Peter just quoted is talking about the resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth. And it's not talking about his spirit, natural spirit. It's not talking about his natural soul. It's talking about the man, Jesus. You say, you mean his body. Exactly. Because you can't have a man without the body. The body is the man. The man is the body. He can be a dead man. He can be a living man. If he's a living man, the soul and spirit of the man's in the man. If he's a dead man, then the soul and the spirit of the man's departed from the man. Okay? But this man, Jesus Christ, he rose from the dead. Verse 32. This Jesus. Who? Jesus. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. This is the one that was born of a virgin. And thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. God sent forth his son. He's the eternal God. The eternal uh, son that was sent. But he was made of a woman. Took upon himself flesh and bone. My friends, he, he received his, 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 his body through Mary. He was made of a woman. He was of the seed of David according to the flesh. He was the offspring of Mary. He was also the offspring of David. This was a real man. He was a real man. He's still a real man today. And this man, Jesus, when he died and he gave up the ghost, his soul and spirit, natural spirit, so left his body and he died. He was put in a tomb for three days and three nights. 
but God raised the man from the dead. You know the only thing that was in the grave that can be raised from the dead is something that was dead. He was a dead man. What was his name? Jesus. And it's not just what was his name, what is his name. Because he lives. The man, Christ Jesus, is living today. We sing that, we just sing a song like that, don't we? Christ Jesus is living today. He's living today. He ever lives. He's there on the right hand of God. He says, this Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we're all witnesses. Okay? Therefore, being by the right hand of God, what did we read over there in Hebrews 10? This man, after he made one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. He's at the right hand of God. My friend, we not only have the scriptures tell us he's at the right hand of God, I, I find someone that saw him at the right hand of God. His name was Stephen, right before he got stoned. He says, I see the heavens open and I see Jesus there on the right hand of God. He saw him. He says here in verse 33, Therefore being, God raised up Jesus, where we're all witnesses of this fact. We, we saw him, we ate with him, we handled him. Handle me and see, he's real. He says, therefore being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which ye now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. He says, therefore, let all, verse 36, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. That same Jesus that you were that you crucified, God raised him up to sit on his throne because he said of the loins of David, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. Look in verse 30. Of the fruit of David's loins, this is the man, Jesus of Nazareth, born of a woman who took upon himself flesh and blood. He rose from the dead. Jesus Christ, he's got his body, natural body, spirit, and soul, his humanity. And he's united as God. He's the first and he's the last. He's he that liveth and was dead, but's alive forevermore. And his body's there. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9 says, In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Don't tell me his body's not there. In him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Bodily, you see. Now I find over here in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 30. Ephesians chapter 5. It says, we are members of His body. And of His flesh. And of His bones. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 30. He says, He's talking about how that no man, verse 29, had ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. He says, for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. Don't try to tell me his body's not there. If he's not in his earth, his, his glorified, his, 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 his human earthen tabernacle right now, that's got flesh and bones. How could he say here that we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones? You say, well, that's teaching some kind of spiritual lesson right there and a maybe a positional thing. Well, that's, that's all true. That's figuratively, that's fine. But <clears throat> it would make no sense if he didn't have a body to say we're members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. There's one mediator between God and men. You know who it is? It's the man, Christ Jesus. His body is there, or you wouldn't be the man. <clears throat> we also wouldn't have a judge. There'd be if the man Christ Jesus is in heaven today, guess what? There's no judge for the judgment of the world. Think about that. Go to Acts chapter 17, verse 30, 31. At the times of this ignorance, God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent, because he hath appointed a day in which he'll judge the world in righteousness by that man. 
that thou, whom thou hast ordained, or ordained. Whereas he hath given assurance unto all men in that he what? Rose from the dead. That man rose from the dead. That same Jesus whom you crucified was buried, rose from the dead. And he's in the right hand of the Father right now. The man Christ Jesus, the God man, is in heaven right now. Well, I'm going to close with one scripture. Well, let me, let me, let me get one more. <clears throat> Before the closing, Philippians chapter 3 verse 20. What does he say? In, the, in our resurrection from the dead, when this corruptible puts on incorruption, this mortal puts on immortality, it says that God shall change these vile bodies, this vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his own what? Glorious body. See, he's in his body. And Christ is the first fruits. Afterwards, they that are Christ at his coming. We will be raised from our bodies. Alright? Even though they were made of dust, we're going to be a bunch of glorified dust because we're going to be there body, soul, and spirit. Because Christ Jesus bought our bodies. You understand that, right? If... Uh, John chapter 6 verse 39 says, This is the Father's will which has sent me, that of all which he hath given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. The only thing in the grave to be brought forth is the body. And we're going to be changed in fashion like in his own glorious body. But I'll close with Isaiah chapter 32. A favorite text of mine. It says, Behold, the king shall reign in righteousness, and princes shall rule in judgment. I'll wait till you get there. Behold, a king shall reign in righteousness, Isaiah 32.1, and princes shall rule in judgment. This is the prophecy of Christ. You know what verse 2 says? It says, and a man shall be as a hiding place from the storm. A covert from the tempest. As the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. As rivers of water in a dry place, as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. Not only do we have a mediator, the man Christ Jesus in heaven, interceding for us, but we still have a man today. Because his body is there. A man shall be as a covert from the tempest. It shall be a hiding place from the storm. It shall be a as rivers of water in a dry place, as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. You think about think about that scripture. Have you found Christ as your all and your all? Have you found him as your refuge? This refuge we have. He's God. But he's also the God man. He's the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. He was he that was dead, but beholds alive forevermore, because God raised him from the dead. And he's the first fruits, and afterwards we're going to follow suit and be with him forever and ever. May God bless you as our prayer.